Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode four of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. When you use your looking glass, James 1, 23, 24, 25, and by experience, and that it serveth to discover and to direct you how to reform whatever is uncomely and out of order in your body. You may hereby remember the necessity and admirable use of the glass of God's word and the gospel of Christ, both read and preached for the good of your soul. For this being understood and believed, doth not only show what is amiss in the soul and how it may be amended, but in some measure will enable you to amend, for it doth not only show you your own face, but the very face and glory of God in Christ Jesus, which by reflection upon you will, through the Spirit, work on you a more excellent effect Then on Moses' face in the mount, Exodus 34, 29, 30, which was yet so glorious that the people could not endure to behold it. For by this glory of God, which by faith you behold in the word, you will be changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, 2 Corinthians three, sixteen. Concerning these things which I have directed to be thought upon, when you arise and put on your apparel in the morning, and those which I shall direct you when you put off your apparel at night, my meaning is not to urge them as necessary, as it were a sin to omit any of these particulars, but to be used, except better come in place as most convenient. Section 2 of Beginning the Day with God by Renewed Faith and Repentance. (coughs) Number 1. When you are thus awake and are risen out of your bed, that you may walk with God the remainder of the day, it will be needful that you first renew your peace with God by faith in Jesus Christ, and then endeavor to show your dutifulness and gratitude to God by doing those works of piety, equity, mercy, and sobriety, which may anyway concern you that day. For how can two walk together except they be agreed? Amos 3, 3. And how can any walk with God if he be not holy in all his conversation? You have as much cause to beware of him and to obey his voice and not provoke him who goeth before you in the wilderness of this world to guide and bring you to his heavenly kingdom. Exodus 23, 20, 21, 22. As the Israelites had to beware of him 
who went before them to keep them in the way and to conduct them unto the earthly Canaan, the place which he had promised and prepared for them. It was for this that Joshua told the people that, except they would fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and put away their strange gods, they could not serve God. Joshua 24, 14 to 19. They could not walk with him, for he is, saith he, a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions, nor your sins. Number two, for this cause, if unavoidable necessity hinder not, begin the day with solemn prayer and thanksgiving. Psalm 40, no, 92, 1 and 2. Psalm 88, 13. Before which, that these duties may be better performed, it will be convenient, if you have time, that you prepare yourself by meditation. Lamentations 3, 40, 41. Job 11, 13. The matter whereof should be an inquiry into your present state. How all things stand between God and you? How you have behaved since you last prayed and renewed your peace with God? What sins you have committed? What graces and benefits you want? What fresh favors God has bestowed on you? Psalm 116, 1 through 13. Since last you gave him this tribute of thanks, and how much praise and thanks you owe to him also for the continuance of former blessings. Think also what employments you shall have that day in which you may need his special grace and assistance. Consider likewise what ground and warrant you have to approach to the throne of grace, to ask pardon and to hope for favor and help of God. Upon these considerations, you must seriously and faithfully endeavor in the strength of Christ, without whom you can do nothing, to reform whatsoever you find to be amiss. Job eleven fourteen. Flying unto and only relying upon God's mercy in Christ to acknowledge him in all things and that you will now seek grace and help of him whereby you may walk as in his sight in all well-pleasing all that day to assist you therein do thus First, lay a strict charge upon your conscience to deal impartially, plainly, and fully in this examination and judging of yourself. Secondly, you should be so well acquainted with the substance and meaning of God's holy law, Deuteronomy 6, 8 and 9, that you may be able to carry in your head a catalog or t- 
table of the duties required and vices forbidden in each commandment, whereby you may try your obedience past and may set before you a rule of life for time to come. Thirdly, lest the calling to mind the multitude and greatness of your sins should make you despair of God's favor, you should be so well instructed in the Christian faith and in the principal promises of the gospel that you may be able also quickly to call them to mind for the strengthening of your faith and hope in God. The form of sound words in the gospel, 2 Timothy 1.13, should be familiar unto you for these purposes. All these need not take up much time. You will find it to be time well redeemed. For first, by such preparation, you will keep yourself from that rude and irreverent thrusting yourself into God's holy presence, whereof you are warned in the scriptures. Ecclesiastes 5, 1 and 2. Secondly, when by this means your heart is well humbled, softened, and set right towards God, so that you can say you regard no iniquity in your heart. Psalm 66, 18, John 9, 31. And when hereby you have called in your thoughts from straggling, and have gotten composedness of mind and inward strength of soul, without which the arrow of prayer can never fly home to the mark. Then you may approach into God's special presence with more faith and boldness. You shall be more able to utter before him apt confessions, lawful requests, and do thanksgivings with more understanding, more humbly, more feelingly, more fervently, and with more assurance of a gracious hearing, all which are requisite in prayer than you could ever possibly be able to do without such preparation. Thirdly, this due preparation to prayer doth not only fit you to pray, but is an excellent furtherance to an holy life. For it maketh the conscience tender and watchful by the daily exercise of the knowledge of the precepts and threats of the law and the precepts and promises of the gospel. And it being enforced to examine, accuse, judge, and pass sentence, and do a kind of execution upon you for your sin, smiting your heart and wounding itself with godly fear, grief, and shame, a work to which the conscience is loath to come till it needs must. Wherefore, to prevent all this trouble and smart, it will rather give all diligence in other acts which are more pleasing, namely, it will direct you in the ways to God. Check and warn you beforehand, lest you should sin, to the end that when you come, 
to examine yourself again, it might find matter not of grieving and tormenting, but of rejoicing and comforting your heart, which is the most proper and most pleasing work of a sanctified conscience. 2 Corinthians one twelve. He that knoweth that he must be at much pains to make himself whole and clean when he is wounded and defiled, will take the more heed lest he wound and defile himself. Fourthly, this due preparation to prayer by examining, judging, and reforming yourself doth prevent God's judging you. For when you judge yourself, you shall not be judged of the Lord, saith the Apostle. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty-one. This concludes episode four of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.